during most of Advent other than last night, we've been in the Gospel of John and we return there today to the first chapter. And I'll read these words for us. I'm going to read the first 14 verses. I hope you will follow along in your Bible or your bulletin insert. And this is where John tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now I realize that all of the men who are here today are not husbands, but for you men that are, I have a question for you. Have you ever been sitting at the breakfast table when your wife comes along and says something like, I'll bet you've forgotten what day this is. And you begin to think, oh no, what have I missed? I once read about a fellow who had this happen to him. He was minding his own business at the breakfast table one morning when his wife breezes in to the kitchen and kisses him on the cheek and says, I'll bet you've forgotten what day this is. And he said real quickly, no, I haven't. But most of the men here know that he was lying to his wife. He, he was back at that table thinking, what, what day is this? And on his way to work, he couldn't get it out of his mind. It popped into his consciousness from time to time all through the day. And so on the way home, he decided he better play it safe. And he stopped and he bought some candy and a small bouquet of flowers. And when he arrived home, he saw his wife in the den and he slipped up behind her and yelled, Surprise! And she turned around and saw the gifts and said, Oh, sweetheart, this is the best Groundhog's Day I've ever had. Now that husband went to some trouble, but why? Was it because he loved his wife, or because he wanted to play it safe, or maybe it was a combination of those reasons and more? I bring up this question because like him, most of us 
have gone to some trouble these past few weeks. We've bought this and wrapped that. We've cooked this and baked that. We've been out in traffic and crowds of people. We've gone to parties. We've gotten sick. We, we, we ordered things online. We prepared special services, rehearsed and practiced. And we need to ask ourselves and answer that all-important question that we talked about last night. Why? Why the season in the first place? Why do we buy gifts for that particular person or that group of people? Is it because we love them or because they bought us one last year? Is it because it's just something that we've always done? Or do we attend every activity and service at the church during the month of December because we want to worship or because if we don't, we'll appear to have a a don't-care attitude? This time of year, we have to remember the why of all that we go through and accomplish during the Advent season. And if we don't, we might end up looking as foolish as the husband who went all out for Groundhog's Day. And John helps us with this because he keeps us focused on what's really important that God has descended to earth in His Son to make Himself known to all of His creation. That He loves us that much. Because it's only in Him that we can find the gift of salvation that we so desperately need. John keeps us pointed toward this gift of Jesus who has changed the world forevermore. For he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. While we could spend hours on this text, and by the way, my watch strap broke, so I don't know how long I'm preaching, but uh, I never did care about that much anyway. Uh, I would rather us take this morning a wide-angle view, if you will. Just think of it as a perspective you gain uh, when you're in an airplane at about 30,000 feet. You, You can't see specific details but you get a good general overview of the whole countryside. And that's my intent with the brief moments we have today as we look at these time-honored words before us. John said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Jesus we have life. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And he means that. Have you ever seen anyone go from death to life? All of us who claim to be Christians have experienced that in some way or another. But for those of us who grew up in the church, our conversions are not as always earth-shaking as those who were obviously in the dark and relishing 
every bit of it. You know, I was in seminary with a man like that who had a dramatic conversion because he was a prisoner, because he had robbed banks in his time, dressed up like a woman and robbed banks. He had killed people in fights, manslaughter. That's how mean he was. He was so mean, in fact, that CCI down there in Columbia, he ran that place from the inside. That's how mean he was. And then God got hold of him and converted him and completely transformed his life. He was humble. He was gentle, like a little child. All through the day, he would see something or he would hear something, and, and the first words out of his mouth were always, well, praise the Lord. If I heard him say that one time, I heard him say it a thousand. That's how changed he was. He had come from death to life. Now contrast him with someone like Charles Darwin, the father of the theory of evolution. He turned his back on God early in his life and committed himself totally to secular humanism. His biographer reveals that by choosing that course, he lost his taste for life. As Darwin grew older, he admitted that he could no longer get anything out of poetry, anything out of music or art. Life lost its flavor, and he lived out his days in a world without wonder or joy. You see, in a life without Jesus, there is no joy. But for those of us who are in Christ, joy is the gift and reward of the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul reminds us of that in Romans 14 when he says the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what John wants us to notice in Jesus. This is part of what he means when he says in him was life as Jesus himself said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And there's even more good news. John also says the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Do you see what good news that really is? We have this true light that has condescended to our level this light of the world that goes into the darkness looking for men and women young people and children people like us who will become children of God we see the good news that not only is Jesus not afraid of the dark like some of us but he willingly enters into it not to condemn the darkness, but to shine His saving light upon it. As He tells us in John 8, I am the light of the world. Therefore, whoever follows Me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He's always there to lead you and me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Just as David tells us. 
in Psalm 23. And that's certainly good news. But the bad news that we see in this text is that the world is opposed to the light. You know, even though John the Baptist was extremely popular and bore witness to Jesus, Jesus is still ultimately rejected by his nation. If light portrays the life and knowledge of God, darkness represents death and the spiritual ignorance in which the world is perishing even today. Darkness is so different from the light, and not just that, but darkness is hostile to the light. John reminds us through this wonderful metaphor that there's always this great spiritual warfare that is taking place each and every day. In John's third chapter, we can read, Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. How often is that true for you and me? John can talk about to the children what a great example I am, but if he knew my heart, he wouldn't say that. But even as we confess to the reality of that bad news, we see more good news in this passage. Even though his own people received him not, we still read that to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. These are children who were born not by ways of the world, but were born of God. And I want you to hear what's being said there. If you're a child of God, that means he is your father. In the Old Testament, we see the imagery of God as a parent to his wayward son Israel repeatedly. And the New Testament is saying the same thing to you and me. God is our father. What kind of child are we? Martin Luther used to say that Jesus reveals the fatherly heart of God. Those of you who are so blessed to have children or nieces and nephews, think of your great love for them. And because of your love, there are few people more vulnerable than parents. We just baptized a little baby here. We were talking earlier about one of our little babies who's in Levine Children's Hospital. I mean, think about how vulnerable you become once that child is born. Because as one person has put it, hostage to destiny as so much of the good they desire for their children and so much of the evil and suffering they seek to avoid is beyond their control. Some of us understand that better than others. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that this is the kind of love, the, the type of devotion, the manner of oversight and care that God in Christ has for you. And so much more precisely because 
He's your Father. And this is good news because it provides hope. Despite the fallenness and corruption of the world around us, despite our own sin and failures and love for the darkness, despite the hostility that Jesus Christ and His church must face each and every day, nevertheless, God empowers hundreds and thousands of people, men and women, young people and children, just like us, to become His children. He transforms us as we surrender to Him. And to completely surrender to Jesus is the way of faith. And it's the way to light and life. Because in John 12, we find these words from Jesus. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. We rejoice today and all days in the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ our Lord. For the light still shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Nor will it ever. That's the good news of the gospel. It's the good news of Christmas. Believe it. And live in its peace. Amen. Amen.